This is Kick-Ass News. I'm Ben Mathis. Hi, I'm Ben Mathis, and welcome to Kick-Ass News. Folks, the other night I saw by far the funniest movie I've seen in two years. The movie made its premiere at this year's Sundance Film Festival to wide critical acclaim, and it's exactly the kind of quirky, independent film that sneaks up on you in between all the summer blockbusters and literally makes you laugh out loud for a straight hour and a half. Loosely based on the Decameron, a collection of stories by the 14th century Italian writer Giovanni Boccaccio, The Little Hours is about a young servant in medieval Tuscany who flees from his master and takes refuge in a convent full of catty, self-centered, horny nuns. The movie stars an incredible ensemble cast that includes Alison Brie, Dave Franco, Aubrey Plaza, John C. Riley, Molly Shannon, Fred Armisen, Jemima Kirk, Nick Offerman, Paul Reiser, and my guest today, the hilarious Kate Micucci. Kate has had memorable guest roles on television shows like Malcolm in the Middle and How I Met Your Mother, and recurring roles on Scrubs, Raising Hope, Till Death, and of course, The Big Bang Theory, where she plays Raj's girlfriend, Lucy. She also regularly voices animated series like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Out There, and Motor City, and together with fellow comedic actress and musician Erica Lindholm, she performs on stage as the comedy folk duo of Garfunkel and Oates, which has become a bona fide YouTube sensation. Today she'll discuss the origins of Garfunkel and Oates, how her latest film, The Little Hours, satisfied her lifelong obsession with nuns, and how the Middle Ages were a lot wilder than most people think. She talks about improvising her way through the movie, working with an all-star cast of comics, and eating great Italian food and making music together on their downtime in Tuscany. Plus, we cover the funniest nude scene ever, what goes into her nun collection, and her stint as a professional sandcastle builder. Coming up with Kate Micucci in just a moment. The hilarious Kate Micucci has had memorable roles on Scrubs, Raising Hope, Bored to Death, and The Big Bang Theory, among others. She's also half of the comedy singing duo of Garfunkel and Oates, and now she stars alongside Community's Allison Brie and Aubrey Plaza of Parks and Rec as a trio of bitchy medieval nuns in the ridiculously funny film The Little Hours, which opens in theaters this Friday, June 30th. Kate, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Before we started, you were telling me that you had a little bit of a mishap last week and ended up missing most of the press for the movie, huh? Yeah, I missed a few things because I I was uh, down for the count. Well, I I, uh, I have this thing called vasovagal syncope. I, synco- I don't know how you say it even. I should know how to say it. Uh, but I faint when I don't feel well, and I fainted, and I broke my two front teeth, and and then I was just dealing with that. And, you know, you don't realize how often you need your mouth, which is pretty much all the time. <laughs> and uh, I, because I the way I fell and the way I bit into my lip, I um, I was in a lot of pain and had to get dental work and then uh, emergency root canals later in the week because uh, 
my teeth were oh dying. And so <laughs> so it's been a whole thing. Uh, it's a, This is a funny way to, to begin, but I also, I don't <laughs> mind. It's it's I'm a pretty transparent person. Uh, but yeah, so I, I yesterday Ricky and I had a, a gig. We played up north at Idiot Fest in um, near San Jose. And our songs are really, really wordy. They're like super, yeah. like, you know, uh, very, if, if you're familiar with Garfunkel notes, but it, I was having trouble just wrapping my my mouth around all of the words, but I'm learning. I'm learning how to get around my new teeth. <laughs> so. uh, does the fainting thing ever come in handy when you don't want to show up on set, or if you want to renegotiate your contract or oh, something man. like that? It's, it's actually the opposite. It's like such a fear of mine because it's like, but it's really only when I have like a stomachache or something. But uh, which you know, it's it's not that often, but it's like once a year I'll pass out. Um, but yeah, I, I I would always I'm like this was actually great timing in the sense that like I was working on a show the the week prior and the pr- week before that, so I'm like okay at least it didn't happen on a work day. So. <laughs> well, yeah, I've fainted maybe two or three times in my life, and it was usually when I was sick, I think, and that was not fun at all. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, it's a weird feeling. It's a super weird coming to and not sensation. Yeah. What Especially happened? coming to and going, my teeth are crunchy. Oh, I taste blood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> so are, are you in a lot of pain right now still? I, You know, it's it's totally, compared to last week, I'm doing great. Uh, it's like, it's just a little bit yeah. like sore still, but it's definitely getting better. It's, I, I feel like a new person compared to how, what shape I was in last week. <laughs> well, this new film, The Little Hours, was one of the big hits out of this year's Sundance Festival. And I just saw it the other night. And I have to say, I have not laughed that much probably since Grand Budapest Hotel. It's at least been a year and a half that I've seen a movie that was that funny. Um, for the folks listening, I can't recommend this movie enough. If you see one medieval Catholic sex comedy this summer, you have to see The Little Hours. <laughs> I'm so glad you la- – thank you for saying that. I, I am so proud of this movie. I think it's I, – I think it's super funny and great. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 I agree. I totally agree. It's like one of the weird <laughs> – like it's a weird, funny, great movie about nuns and priests in the 14th century. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because everyone always looks – forward to the big summer blockbusters. I always look forward to the little movies that I didn't see coming. The movie follows a bunch of horny 14th century nuns chasing after the convent's gardener. Um, (laughs) It's kind of a role reversal on the traditional sex comedy. Was that spin part of what attracted you to the movie? Well, really what attracted me to the movie was that I got to play a nun. I I have always been fascinated with nuns. And, um, yeah, I have a nun collection at my house. And I, in fact, I, yeah, I just today was taking photos of my nun collection um, because I'm trying to do a thing every day this week to – to take you know take share my nun collection on Instagram in uh, in honor of the movie. <laughs> so what uh, oh, what goes into a nun collection? What like are we music box about? nuns. Okay. I have a nun you can pull back and sparks come out her butt. I have <laughs> nuns that they, they fly across the room. They're called nunchucks. I actually I have a song called I, I Want to Be a Nun that I wrote about uh, maybe ten years ago. No, even twelve years ago. And uh, and then I would play that on stage and people would leave me nuns on the stage. So I have really? a, I have a very cool. I mean I also was collecting nuns prior to writing that song but I uh <laughs> so that was for me to get to play a nun I mean I've been a nun for Halloween but like to actually you know be you know 
acting as a nun for a month in Italy. That's really what was <laughs> I, I I felt like I had just, you know, I won the the I was so happy, like winning the lottery or something that that amazing. Like you, you spend so much time thinking about being a nun and then you get to be one. It was really great. That was um, your dream role playing a nun. Yeah. yeah. And then not only that, there's that. But then there, wow. you see the cast and it's a dream. Cast. Oh, yeah. Everybody in the movie is someone I admire and have been fans of for forever. So it's, you know, it's John C. Riley and Molly Shannon. And, you know, you mentioned Al- Alison Brie and Aubrey Plaza and then Davy Franco and, and Fred Armisen and Nick Offerman and Lauren Weedman. It's just so many amazing yeah. people in this movie. Um, and so I, I felt super lucky. I have to ask, do you remember how the Nun song goes? Oh, yeah, I of course. I mean, I, I'm sorry I don't have my, my ukulele with me. Oh, that's but, all right. Um, <laughs> you don't have to sing for us. You know, it's funny. Like, that just, I sometimes I say sentences and then I realize that must sound weird. I'm sorry I don't have my ukulele with me. But, uh, yeah, I uh, it's I want to be a nun so I can marry a priest and we'll have a baby and name him Jesus. Uh, our house would have a swimming pool for a little baby Jesus to walk on. We take him to Sunday school to sing songs about himself. Uh, but I, <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a cute little ditty. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I love it. I love I, the word ditty too. No one yeah, uses that anymore. It is. It's an old timey <laughs> term. <laughs> Actually, I hear nuns are endangered. Probably a few months ago, I read an article in the newspaper saying that nuns are going extinct. Have you heard? Has anyone brought this up? Yeah, I mean, I've. I think they are because I mean, I think there are more probably in in other countries. I don't really know. You know, it's just it's a it's a very specific lifestyle choice i would yeah. say uh so yeah I, I think that they are of you know there are less and less nuns but um uh yeah i went to catholic college and i i knew some nuns there okay. i i feel like i was gonna ask if you went to catholic school with this nun obsession i i thought about going but i we had really good public schools where i grew up in pennsylvania okay. but i did go and did the tour of the of the Catholic school, but <laughs> but that was as far as I got. I, I stuck with the public school, but then um, I had to do CCD and, and that kind of stuff. I went to Loyola Marymount University, so there were oh, some okay, there. Yeah. And somewhere, uh, I think I read that you encountered an ex nun who she said she prayed so hard that oh, it felt yeah. like she was having sex with God. I had a nun, <laughs> yes, an, a, a former nun, tell me that, and and uh, yeah, she that's what she said. She said that when she. <laughs> One time she prayed so hard she felt like she was having sex with God, and I was really amazed. Like I, I just thought that's cool, great. I like <laughs> feel like maybe, yeah. I, I, I still like, you know. I feel like religion is such a you know very uh, personal and individual thing, but I still have a lot of the, the bits and pieces that I have taken from Catholicism that I still I feel like use in my, uh, my day to day life. I, I, but I also I you know I, I feel like. Going to Loyola Marymount was cool because it's a very you know it's a it, that school is awesome and it's it's also even though it is Catholic it's also very liberal in a good way right. and, um, so you it doesn't they don't like hammer the religion in but it is a nice like brush of you know yeah but, but you can pick any religion there to study like you could you know you can study like Buddhism there if you wanted <laughs> what is it that you find so interesting about nuns prior even to this movie what was it that intrigued you about nuns well I think you know. Th- I, I think that there's something really cool about just deciding to do that, you know, and having that life of where you're, you know, you don't, you can't get married and uh, you sort of have a built-in friend group. At least this was my perspective on it. <laughs> um, and I was a really shy kid and I, I didn't even start dating until I was 24 years old. So I feel like for a long time I was like the idea of 
being a nun was like seemed almost a little bit safe and it seemed like something where if i if i chose to do that like i would i wouldn't have to worry about social anxieties and pressures um i but i was like kind of figuring things out and i realized that oh yes maybe i do want to actually you know not not be a nun and ex- explore other things in life. <laughs> well, I guess that a lot of the things that motivated women to become nuns back in the Middle Ages when this movie's set probably aren't a big deal anymore. I mean, you know, if your romantic prospects were limited to being auctioned off by your dad to some guy 30 years your senior, a convent probably looked like a pretty attractive life choice, <laughs> I imagine. Well, that's the thing that I learned through doing this movie that back then you you know, it wasn't it wasn't a choice often. It was, you know, you were sent there through your family. Uh, yeah, so I, I feel like these women, especially these characters in the movie, are really just frustrated and, and sort of, um, at least my take on it was that we were stunted in ways, you know, we hadn't really explored the world. Like, you know, we're, we're just, or, you know, our town, because I guess back then you wouldn't really be exploring the world. But, um, but yeah, I think that you're sort of stuck and, and uh you have your routine for life, you know? Yeah. I guess you kind of get that in this movie because these are anything but pious nuns, <laughs> you know? Yeah. They're supposed to be doing the <laughs> Lord's work and they seem to be interested in doing anything, but... <laughs> yeah, there's a lot happening there, but um, I think that's what makes the movie so much mm-hmm. fun. And, you know, it's based on the Decameron, so right. that was written in the 14th century and uh, there's it feels still maybe relevant to that time, but also I think there's a lot that's relatable to anybody, you know. Yeah, I, I feel like it's it's a relatable story. Did you read the original story before you, you filmed it? You know, I I didn't. I'm I'm ashamed to say I didn't read the story because it's it's not even that long. <laughs> uh, I I I did. I should have probably, <laughs> but I just kind of dove. Late now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Here we are doing press for the movie. I probably should have done research on it. Um, but I I just I I really dove into the uh the outline and of of the movie because there wasn't a script there was an outline and yeah um, that was interesting yeah and i just really started doing a lot of work uh just imagining my character in in these circumstances and mm-hmm. i i kind of dove in in a different way but uh yeah probably probably should have done that <laughs> so so yeah that's interesting because the dialogue comes off very natural in the way that the characters interact with each other so you didn't have a screenplay to work off. You did it kind of like curb your enthusiasm where you have an outline and then you have a lot of room to improvise. Yeah. And it was, it was a very detailed outline and Jeff Bain of the director, he had such a specific vision and it was really easy to just go, okay, like I, I know, I knew that he knew exactly the movie he wanted to make. And so it was very easy to just trust him and go, okay, we're, you know, like just follow, follow, the captain of the ship, and and so it was, I I really actually love working in that way. I love doing um, things that are improvised. Um, like I I've worked with Joe Swanberg a few times, and and he works in a very similar way, where it's just you just go and you see what happens, and it's very freeing and and thrilling, and you kind of it's like it's like diving off a cliff or something. Like here we go, and and then you find the things. You know, you do have specifics along the way, and with this movie, because the plot is so. It's you know there's a lot happening within the plot, yeah. so you do have to get a certain amount of information, you know, said within that scene. Um, but but yeah, it's really fun. It's a, it's a great way to work. I and I like it too because at the end of the day, 
you don't have to go home and memorize a script. You can go and eat pasta. <laughs> now, did you come from improv background, right? You know, UCB or I, what? I came out of, I, I actually didn't do UCB uh, improv, but okay. Ricky and I with Garfunkel and Oates, that became our home. UCB became our home and we did our shows there uh, when we were first starting out for years. And so, um, yeah, I think I, UCB is such a great community and it's so awesome to see, you know, what has come out of that place. Um, but yeah, I don't really have an improv. I don't have okay. improv training. I did a movie with Mike Birbiglia uh, that came out last summer and that's all about improv. And so I got more training uh, prepping for that movie. But uh, yeah, I it, it, I just it's a very fun thing to do to just improvise scenes and you just feel like uh, it feels very real because it's just whatever's coming out of your mouth yeah. is real in the moment, you know. We're going to take a quick break, and then I'll be back with more with Kate Micucci when we come back in just a moment. I understand the director, Jeff Baina, knows this material pretty well because I guess he minored in medieval studies in college, right? Yeah, he uh, he. I think that's what something about that, but he took a course that was mm. very specific to... Uh, what gave him the idea for this movie? I think I think it was like something about sex and religion in the Middle Ages or something like that. I, oh, I don't know the name of the the course. He's mentioned it to me, but uh, but yeah. So that from there he kind of had this idea. That's interesting because you know this film kind of plays with our ingrained ideas about history. You know, if you're not a medieval scholar like Jeff is, or someone who's studied that era, you probably think that the Middle Ages. Were a very chaste, pious time. But, you know, if you go back and you read Shakespeare or Chaucer, these stories are full of bawdiness and sex and raunchy jokes. So in that way, the film is actually weirdly true to the period, maybe. Yeah. So Jeff had said that, you know, in his studies that he learned that it was definitely, you know, a crazier, wilder time than, you know, probably a lot of people believe among the convents and, and you know, Catholicism, I guess. But uh, I, I think... That's what makes the movie so much fun is we get to play with that and, uh, you know, watch these three nuns kind of figure some stuff out <laughs> along the way. Was he a font of random trivia about the period? Not really. I mean, he Jeff is such a great guy. He's so cool. And like, you know, he he uh, he he knows a lot for sure. But like it wasn't like he was like always, you know, spitting out facts about the <laughs> about the time. <laughs> but yeah, we had such a great time. I think the other fun thing about making this movie was the group you know, we were always going out afterward. And so we, you know, after shooting, we'd go and have the most amazing meals. You know, (laughs) you're just like in Tuscany eating pasta every day. It was awesome. (laughs) Where did you shoot in Tuscany? Well, we were staying in a little town called Il Choco um, and then in and around there mostly. And uh, yeah, and then on the weekends, we were trying to, you know, do day trips just to see more of Italy and went to... um, Luca was a really cool town, oh, yeah. and um, yeah, yeah I, I I had been to Italy a couple of times. Once when I was in school, I went to art school in Pennsylvania prior to going to Loyola Marymount University. So we went, um, we took an art trip to Naples, which Naples is not really known as an art city. Yeah, not at all. But we had this really cool <laughs> teacher who who he knew where like. Uh, you would find the most amazing painting in like the basement of a bank. So like huh. we were going on these very like kind of crazy scavenger hunts just to see one painting. But it was wow. awesome. And then uh, about ten years ago, I shot a movie called When in Rome, which was this Disney movie uh, starring Kristen Bell. Right. And she makes a wish in a fountain, and um, 
Anyway, that was really fun because I got to go to Rome for 10 days and I only worked one day. But I, yeah, so I had a lot of adventures in Rome back then. A lot of moped rides. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds dirty. I really, it was moped rides. That's yeah. It. Well, Vespa rides. Vespa rides, I mean, Nobody yes. has mopeds in Italy. Is that, yeah, is Vespa. that what it's called? Vespa. Yeah, yeah right. Vespa, yeah. Sure. That's like straight out of a Fellini movie. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned that you have this incredible ensemble cast of comedic actors, John C. Riley, yourself, Molly Shannon, Fred Armisen, Nick Offerman, Paul Reiser. What was the atmosphere like with that many cut-ups on set? I, I mean, it, it's just, it was so much fun. Like we had, a, like everybody really got along and mm-hmm. we really liked each other. And and then like Paul was there for a very short amount of time. And so right. like it was kind of fun when we have somebody come in just for a moment to like, you know, take them to our favorite restaurant. And <laughs> uh, yeah, we had, we had a great, it's sort of like when I think about it now it just seems almost like did I dream that whole thing I got to be a nun on a hillside in Italy with all of like these great comedic actors and it was a short shoot we didn't have a lot of time so everybody was you know at the end of the day just also just getting the work done but we definitely made time for meals I think that was our priority after work (laughs) yeah who cracked you up the most behind the scenes on the movie Oh man, I mean everybody's so funny. I but Fred is is one of those guys like I just love driving around like with his in his little Fiat cuz it's just like, you know, driving a Fiat through the the hills are it's just really fun and, and you know, he just makes me laugh in a way that not many people like I I don't know. He his he's so funny. I actually I was I had a birthday while we were shooting this movie and um Fred and John uh when my when it turned midnight, they they together <laughs> they improvised a birthday poem for me as if it was a poem they said to me every year. And uh, it was one of those moments where I was like, oh, my God, I have these two guys doing this very long birthday poem. And it was just I'll never forget it. It was great. Was there a lot of singing on set? Well, we have a scene, actually, where we act- learned a song from from the 14th century yeah. that Allison and Aubrey and I sing together. And so we were practicing that a little bit and and then Aubrey and I chipped in we bought this really cheap guitar and we uh yeah John would sing songs with the guitar and uh we all took turns making up songs yeah actually yeah now that I think of it we did sing a lot yeah <laughs> well one of my favorite things about the movie is you set the tone for the movie right from the opening scene much of the comedy is in the fact that not one of these actors spends any energy trying to approximate an Italian accent. So you get this crazy juxtaposition of this beautiful setting and a medieval convent. Everything is historically accurate from how they dress to how they do their chores, except for this one thing, how the characters talk and interact. You're watching these servants of the Lord talk like catty little teenagers out of a scene from Mean Girls. And that just seems to be the gift that keeps on giving throughout the film. Yeah, I mean, I was grateful that we did not have to do an accent or talk in a way that was maybe seemed more formal. Um, thank goodness, because then you're, you know, you're not worrying about the other things that you're just able to kind of be in the moment and, and say what you're feeling. <laughs> so, yeah, we, it was it was a, a gift to not have to do, you know, some Italian accent. Well, yeah, and the lack of accents leads to, I think, one of the best recurring gags in the film. When you encounter the one person who doesn't speak like an American, and you keep saying, where are you from? You have an accent. Are you really from Garfignan? Right. Well, Jemima, and she's British, of course. Yes, it's Jemima Kirk, who is incredible. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that that is her, you know, she doesn't have an American accent. And so we're all confused by her. But yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Without giving away too much, let's talk about the scene in the woods. 
it's so nuts. It's so crazy and so unbelievably funny. You totally steal the movie, I think, oh, in that scene. that's nice of you to say. Thank, thank you. Well, that, uh, yeah, I don't want to give away too yeah. much, but I will say that was one of the most interesting, crazy, fun <laughs> nights of my entire life. We shot uh, in the middle of the woods. You know, it was, it was... Uh, yeah, I, I don't know how to talk about it without giving anything <laughs> right. away. But okay, am, am I allowed to at least tease that you do a nude scene? Sure, why not? <laughs> was that your first? <laughs> no, it wasn't actually. Really? It was, uh, I yeah. So and also, I felt I felt really comfortable. Like I I I don't mind nudity. I, I don't know. I mm-hmm. it was. I find it to be like just whatever you know. It's a body, <laughs> cool. Um, so yeah, no, I think the scene is it's very tasteful and and it's not right. um, exploit exploitative. Is that the word? Right, right. It's not a sex scene. No, honestly, I, I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but it's probably the funniest nude scene I've ever oh, seen. Oh really? In my life. Oh thanks. <laughs> I know. I'll take it. That sounds great. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I, I had I honestly like I, I I was having such a good time doing that. I think I think I'm probably a little bit nudist if I if I'm really true to what I how I feel. I, I like yeah. I like to not wear clothes. <laughs> well, I mentioned Garfunkel and Oates, the group that you started with Ricky Lindholm. Uh, for anyone who hasn't seen your hilarious, hilarious YouTube videos, how would you pitch Garfunkel and Oates? Well, I think yeah, we're we're a musical comedy duo, and we sing a lot about our lives and dating and sex, and so along with that, there's a lot of raunchy. I would say raunchy songs, I guess. Um, but but it's also, I think, the thing that you have to balance. Funny songs are are kind of really, in a way, uh, I like to look at them almost like a math problem. They're pretty tricky because <laughs> you know you want them to be funny, but you also want to make make the joke. And if you're you you are going to go dirty, you kind of want to also balance that out with like some substantial facts or something that's really real and base it in truth. And that way it works. Otherwise, it just kind of right. seems like it's uh, not relatable. Yeah, otherwise. or or it just seems kind of like oh, they're just. Being dirty for being dirty's sake. Yeah. So I feel like, uh, yeah, I feel like we have really, really smart songs that also are, yeah. um, you know, are rated. Do you feel that women get punished more than men for being dirty in comedy? I don't. I mean, I feel like there's such a shift now, and like there's a new awareness, you know, which is great. So I mean, I I don't think that I've never felt like we were getting you know punished in any way or anything. Uh, if anything, when we first started, I think it was really helpful that we were women because there's so many, uh, you know, male, you know, you, you look at shows and like, oh, we need to get another woman comic on the show or it's just a bunch of dudes. Mm-hmm. So it was sort of helpful to be like, oh, we'll get Garfunkel notes. There are these new girls that are singing songs. <laughs> I, I don't know. At least that's what it seemed like from my perspective. Um, yeah. But yeah, I never felt like we were getting punished in any way. I think people were, were really receptive to our songs and continue to be. And I'm, I feel like it's been such a fun, weird ride. I never, ever thought that I would be like making a living singing comedy <laughs> songs, but it just sort of happened. It was it was awesome. We, I think that's I think sometimes the most amazing things happen when you don't plan for them. Yeah. Not, that sounds cheesy, <laughs> but it's true. It's like we didn't plan to have a comedy band. We just wrote a couple of funny songs for Ricky's short movie back in 2007. And then okay. things took off from there. Okay, yeah, I was going to ask how the two of you came up for the idea for this. Yeah. It was for that movie? It was, Ricky wrote a short called Imaginary Larry, and I played her imaginary friend in it, and she wanted to make it a musical. So I was already doing a show uh, in Los Angeles called Playing with Makuchi, which is a play on my <laughs> last name, and it, that is the dirtiest thing about the show because kids could come to the show. There was puppets and there were songs mm. about dogs. I was only singing, like, happy, fun songs. And, uh, and then I met Ricky, and... 
we just something happened where it just you know you can't plan for chemistry it just we we gelled in a way that was really exciting and cool and we wrote two songs in two hours which is the fastest we ever wrote any songs now it takes us months and months but uh yeah it just sort of fell into place and then I think sometimes the universe when things are starting out you get handed these moments where you know things started to happen really quickly for us and things fell into place really easily and then it got tricky but like that first few months there was just a great a great push I I was on the show Scrubs and um, the creator of Scrubs Bill Lawrence had seen our YouTube video that was the other thing Ricky put our two songs on YouTube to share with her family uh, <laughs> so they could see them YouTube was brand new and I remember she called me and she was like people are watching our videos and I was so <laughs> mortified I was like oh my goodness they were just meant for your mom and dad um, so yeah I think like things just started to snowball quickly for us in the early days and um, then it led us to you know we had a TV show for a little while on IFC and we just had a we have a special on Netflix right now called Trying to Be Special, and it's been it's like we've toured the country. Mm. We've gone to Australia. We went to Ireland. Although I didn't get to see Ireland because I had a really rare eye infection when I landed, uh, <laughs> so it was real blurry. But uh, you seem to have some bad luck lately. <laughs> I, that was a while ago. But yeah, I, I just think Ireland seemed like it looked pretty. Um, <laughs> but no, we like the the opportunities that we've had through Garfunkel Knows have been just. It still blows my mind sometimes, but it's been so much fun. <laughs> Did you grow up listening to like music comedy albums like Weird Al and that type yeah, of thing? Yeah, Weird Al and uh, a big one for me also was uh, Adam Sandler on SNL. Oh, yeah, of course. When he sang the Hanukkah song, I remember like just I watched I, t- I would always tape SNL every Saturday night and watch it on Sunday morning. And um, I just remember watching that over and over and over again and then trying to write comedy songs. And um, yeah, the first song I wrote was called Betsy the Cow. And it's about a cow who ends up as a hamburger. <laughs> I was 14. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I had Dimitri Martin on a few weeks ago, and you almost remind me of him because you mentioned your puppetry and drawing, and you seem to be someone who just constantly has to have a creative outlet and be creating something, even sandcastles, apparently. Yeah, I used to teach sandcastle building. That's a true thing. Really? Um, yes. In fact, I like to swim at the beach, and <laughs> last year I was, I got out of the ocean and I had my goggles on. Like, I didn't like I was like I looked really just like you know just a, a wet lady and I walked up to these kids and I was like hey you want to learn how to make a sandcastle and they were like uh no and I was like oh right I'm just a creepy lady who just came out of the ocean like they don't know that I actually teach sandcastle building but um also Where do you I really teach sandcastle well, I, I didn't know that's a it. thing uh, I taught it at Shutters in Santa Monica oh you're kidding me yeah for years back in like this is 10 years ago now but um it was a funny job to have I've had a lot of yeah. good jobs I was a clown for a little while <laughs> Um, a mask maker, I, but mostly when I was starting out, I was teaching piano and I was babysitting. But uh, what is the secret to a perfect sandcastle? Well, the, the the sand you have to get the, the right wet sand. Well, you it, what do you want? I like if it's like been cloudy. If it's too dry, it's just never gonna work. Yeah. So yeah, it's gotta just be the right consistency. But um, <laughs> I actually I'm like. I, I never took a class myself. I probably, I was just making it up as I went along. But I like to sculpt. I, I went to school yeah. and uh, did a lot of sculpture classes. And that's how I got into making puppets because I was sculpting a lot of puppets back then. So you just go with whatever creative outlet you find in the moment. Yeah, kind of, I just like whatever making strikes your fancy, things. Huh? I draw a lot and um, mm-hmm. paint. And I, yeah, I like to. I I like to have shows. Like, I like to plan shows and make shows. So if it's an art show, I'll be like, oh, I'm just going to book a show. Now I have to make stuff for it. Or, like, (laughs) I'll do, I do, um, you know, shows around town. And 
I have one coming up in July with Rhett Miller at the Troubadour. And so, like, oh, I cool. have that in the books. So I'm going to make a show for it, you know, and I'll, I'll figure out. Is that out. a music show or what uh, is it? Yeah, Rhett's going to be doing his solo okay. stuff. And then I'm going to be doing my solo songs plus some puppets and some mm-hmm. weird ske- ske- sketches. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I'm not really sure. But that's what's fun is, like, I yeah. just put a put a, a thing in the calendar and then you just make the stuff for it. I, I like yeah. operating that way. I, I, I just, and I also just really like drawing cartoons. I, I do a lot of that. Well, I think Garfunkel and Oates should team up with Flight of the Concords one day. That would be amazing. We would, <laughs> I we would, would freak out for that. <laughs> I would freak out for that myself. Well, with all this on your plate, what's up next for you? I'm about to shoot a movie in a month. And um, prior to that, I'm going to go home for the 4th of July. That's exciting. Okay. Um, Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania. Nazareth, Pennsylvania. I have to ask, with all the religious context we're talking about, why is like every city in Pennsylvania, Bethlehem or Nazareth? There are a lot of religious towns where I grew up. I don't know. And there's a lot of churches where I grew up too. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what the origin of that is, but um, I know Nazareth was founded, I think because they it was a lot of German people from Germany came over and they thought that it looked like um, it reminded them of Germany. I don't, but I don't know. That has nothing to do with the churches, so I'm not really sure. Oh, another. You know cool where thing. Nazareth is, right? <laughs> oh well, yeah, in Nazareth is not in Germany. That's yeah, uh, yeah I know okay. that much. <laughs> but okay. uh, but yeah, I, I should also mention the reason I'm going to Comic Con is Ducktales. Uh-huh. I'm I'm in the new Ducktales. They're bringing it oh, back. Oh, the Disney's Duck. Yeah. Oh, I love Ducktales. I did too. I'm so excited. Oh, so I play cool. Webby. So um, so yeah, that that is coming out this Can't summer. Can't wait. Yeah. Well, you are so hilarious in this movie. Again, The Little Hours opens in theaters this Friday, June 30th. Kate Micucci, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. This was really fun. Thank you. That's the show, folks. I hope you enjoyed it. Once more, if you're a small business that feels overwhelmed because you're managing too much, free yourself from administrative tasks and focus on your business goals with a Belay Virtual Assistant. To learn more about how Belay Virtual Assistant can benefit you and the top 25 things Belay clients delegate to their VAs, visit belaysolutions.com slash kickassnews. That's belay, B-E-L-A-Y, solutions.com slash kickassnews. Thanks again to Kate Micucci for coming on the podcast. The Little Hours opens in theaters tomorrow, Friday, June 30th. Keep up with Kate at katemacucci.com, that's spelled M-I-C-U-C-C-I, and follow her on Twitter at at Kate Micucci. And check out some of the best of Garfunkel and Oates at garfunkelandoats.com. Be sure to subscribe to Kick-Ass News on iTunes and leave us a review while you're there. Don't forget to take our listener survey. It only takes five minutes at podsurvey.com slash kick. You can visit Kick-Ass News on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at at kickassnewspod. And be sure to recommend Kick-Ass News to your friends on your social media. And if you really want to help out, then donate to our GoFundMe campaign at gofundme.com slash kickassnews or click on the donate button at kickassnews.com. As always, I welcome your comments, questions, and suggestions at comments at kickassnews.com. For now, though, I'm Ben Mathis, and thanks for listening to Kickass News.
Kick-Ass News is a trademark of Mathis Entertainment, Inc.